0: It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges. Worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table Podcast. My name is Jason Squires. I am the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader Magazine. Uh, This podcast this week is our monthly coffee chat that we do on Facebook Live with our mentor team. Um, Many people may or may not know this, but we actually, um, anybody you hear on these coffee chats could actually become your coach. If you visit us at worshipleader.com, you can find out how to sign up for mentorship, where we do one-on-one coaching with you guys, and um, all of the all, anybody on our mentor team could end up being your coach. So check that out. Would love to uh, help you guys uh, continue growing. Um, we continue on our conversation on taking what you have and making it awesome. And this is the mentor coffee chat. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Jason Squires. Uh, thanks for tuning in today to our, our next Mentor Coffee Chat. Um, I am the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader Magazine. And today, uh, we are going to have a fun conversation. And I'm excited about this conversation. You've probably heard me say that a lot. I get excited about conversation in general. Uh, I love talking about things that um, get worship leaders excited and different topics and different, uh, different places and um, different issues. And so today, uh, before we jump into the topic, let's kind of go around and introduce everybody. Um, Mary, why don't you go and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, My name is Mary Elizabeth Kolsrud, and I am streaming from Norway right now. Um, I am a worship leader, a mom of uh, two little ones, and um, I also lead a ministry called Disciples of Worship. So that's a bit about me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Joe, why don't you go
2: ahead? Uh, My name is Joe Hornis. I was the worship director at a huge church in Chicago for a long time and done startup churches and everything in between. And uh, now I um, am developing a coaching mentoring ministry for worship leaders and worship teams um, called Engaging the Heart and uh, more on that in weeks to come.
0: Love it. Love it. How about you, Michael? My name is Michael Bond.
3: Good to see everybody today. I am based in the northwestern part of the United States in the state of Oregon. And I lead worship at my home church is called River Valley. It's a network of five campuses in this area. And I'm the executive pastor there and I also oversee all of the worship ministry. And I love serving local churches and worship and raising up other worship leaders and Love getting out to visit and, and lead worship and be a part of teaching in other churches and environments, uh, just to see what God's doing in the body of Christ. Not only here in the states, but in around the world. i find myself in Europe a couple. times, Well, pre-COVID, I found myself in Europe a couple times a year, and I'm planning to go in the next couple months to do worship conferences there as well. So, just need to see what God does um, all around the world. It's fun to be here today.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, today uh, our conversation is on. Uh, taking what you have and making it awesome—that's the big picture topic. And what I mean by that is, whatever your scenario is, um, whatever it's whether it's you and a guitar, or maybe you don't play an instrument and you rely on other musicians to be in your team, um, or you have a full band of volunteers, and or like in Michael's instance, he's oversees different campuses, so there's different different uh, some scenarios in different spaces, like everybody. Uh, no matter where you all, everybody has a situation. Everybody has a, a scenario. And today, I um, want to talk about like, what, how do we make that awesome? And um, what does that mean? And what does it look like? So, um, actually, Michael, I want to start with you. Um, talk to me about this idea of duplication. Like, I feel like we are a culture, and I, when I and I say we, I, the global we, because I was on a call the other day that I thought maybe like, this was maybe our problem or like this is a small problem, but this seems to be a big problem, of like the need to duplicate what what we hear, and it's like I'm not mm-hmm. successful unless I unless it sounds like what I heard when I heard the latest song that I should play in my church, and um, I kind of already feel like I might I, I might be coming in um, lesser than if that's if that's not mm-hmm. the case, and so let's talk about this the um, from the beginning. What are you, what are some of your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a concern. I think it's difficult because we all look up to our musical and our worship leader heroes, and we probably all have movements or churches that we follow. And probably more than ever right now, one of the more successful music publishing models is to have local churches put out music. Um, and, and it's been successful in a lot, of, a lot of sectors. It's been really, really cool. And then with the explosion of online resources on one side, it's really, really cool because any of us at any time can go online and you can probably hear the greatest sermons and the the greatest songs on demand. And and that's really, really cool. The downside to that is we see what everybody else is doing. And just because we're people, and I know I'm myself as a creative, I have insecurities, and that just seems to come with the territory. And so it's really easy to look and see what somebody else is doing really well and either be jealous or to feel bad about what you're doing. And both, both of those are, are bummers. Both of those are, are tough situations that we wanna try and avoid. And unfortunately, culture tends to push stereotypes of what the target uh, or the victory or the, what the win is, it tends to push things forward in unfortunate ways I remember years ago, I was invited to a missions conference in the state of Washington in the US. And they asked me, they knew of some of my work in Italy and they said, hey, would you, would you lead a song in Italian? And I want it to be authentically Italian. So I said, no problem, I just got back, I'll share a song that they wrote there, and how they do it. And the director of the conference, after the sound check, he came up to me and he said, no, 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 no. You, you sound just like an American band. I want it to sound more Italian. I, said, I don't know what to tell you. This is the music they play. They like American music and they like a lot of music throughout Europe that kind of has a Western sound. This is what they listen to. If you, you, know, if you want to walk the streets of Naples, you'll see someone on the sidewalk with like, you know, an accordion, but that's mostly for tourists in their churches. They play music that sounds like ours. Mm-hmm. So duplication is a challenge around the world and trying to help every church find their voice. I think that's, that's what's really important is be inspired by all of these movements and all these great things that God's doing. But remember that it represents the movement of the Holy spirit in that church. So say elevation, they're doing a lot of amazing things and they're, they're now collabing a lot with Maverick city music. And it's just, it's really, really cool to see what God's doing. However, that is what God is doing there. I like think sometimes we can get sidetracked into pursuing what, how God is moving somewhere else and be content with that to a degree instead of seeking the Lord for something fresh and authentic that he would want to do in us, you know, God's will for our life uniquely yeah. instead of longing for God's will for someone else's life. So uh, I'll let our friends comment on it as well. But there's no doubt that duplication of what we see online and what we hear is a worldwide challenge. And I think we need to continue to push back for God. What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do in my my family? What do you want to do in my, my home group? My what do you want to do in my local church? And I think there's some balance that can be sought there. But what do you guys
0: think? I love that. I love that, Mary. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking being here in Europe now. Actually, I mean, we we get hit with that challenge all the time. Um, I mean, you think of the definition of Christian music. You think of you know what you hear on the radio or the top CCLI songs, you know, the Western, uh, sound. And I think it kind of, it goes back to, um, where you find like your identity as a worshiper. And, um, I work for an organization or I work with an organization and a network called sounds of the nations. And one of our mandates, uh, our biggest mandate is really to release a song of the Lord in the sound of the people, meaning, you know honoring that that culture and the identity of each nation and releasing what the lord's doing in each um each culture and um i mean up in the north here in norway we have a first uh first peoples group called the sami people and um they are um using their yoik and their their um drum sami drum and just really redeeming that sound that unique sound in their worship for the lord and um, I think there's something very significant when we really honor our roots to our land, you know, wherever, um, you know, even in America, there's so many different cultural differences, subculturals as um, subcultural uh, groups as well that, that carry a different sound that reflect the soul, you know, the soul of that city or the soul of that area. And I think when we can... Uh, go back to a little bit of a reflection what is our identity as a city what is our identity as a church what is our identity as a nation and I think some of you songwriters even you know that that might be listening to this um, need to not not, I mean songwriting but some of you worship leaders need to be songwriting and releasing something very authentic uh, that reflects more of of your your area and the people that you're leading rather than you know what you're hearing on the radio, trying to copy and mimic.
0: (laughs) So good. So good. Joe, what do you, you seem to have, like you have some thoughts running through your head. What are you thinking?
2: Trying to make any sense of, 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 those. Yes. Um, you know, when you first mentioned this, uh, I, I, I love what they're saying about representing your culture, your church. And, but the first thing that came to mind was churches that I've worked with and pastors that I've worked with, uh, who say things like, um, "It doesn't sound like the radio," you know, to you know, to the worship leader. And um, I had a pastor for a while that, you know, that would say that to me fairly often. And the truth was, I said, "We don't have the musicians on this team yet. You know, we don't have people on our team that can make it sound like the radio. We're we're nowhere close." To that, And I think a lot of churches out there are, are like that where you go well yeah I, 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 you know I can't sing in that key I can't play I don't have a violinist to play that solo, you know, I've just spent a weekend worshiping and traveling with Tommy Walker and, you know, and how many people in the world can play guitar like Tommy Walker, you know, like none, right. And, um, and, and so to me, what I, I come back and go, okay, but what do you do then? You know, when you're a worship leader in a church of 100 or 200 people and you're doing the best you can with what you have. And I, the, to me, the most important thing, I keep coming back and go, our job is not to be to sound hip or cool or be like somebody else. Our, God, our, our, our goal is to help people engage their hearts and authentically meeting with God and having these, this moment in his presence and I remember somebody telling me one time said the most powerful worship time they had ever been in was one guy standing on a stage singing a cappella who and, and with a harmonica mm. and wow. yeah and I don't know I would have loved to have been there but you know but to go what do you have what can you use and you can take the most complicated Tommy Walker song or or whatever and break it down to, you know, I've got one acoustic player, and I got a piano player that's not going to play any of the cool Tommy Walker chords that have numbers in them. You know, they're just going <laughs> to play the, the basic chord.
0: Tommy's not using a capo. That's the thing. He's, he's, he's playing those chords. Yes. Yeah. Open. That's right.
2: Yeah. No kidding. And, um, but, you know, but to go, but we can still, we can take that and make it the best it can be and we can make sure that we're walking with jesus in an authentic way that when we lead that song it comes from our hearts and we can take people uh to a place where they encounter god uh, through scripture through prayer through that music when even when it doesn't sound like the radio and and now it's, it's wonderful when you can play like tommy and and uh do that stuff but it um you know but i think at times we have to stop and go you know what it doesn't have to be like the radio to be meaningful and to for god to use it
0: so if i took a step back from what we're all saying here i hear a couple of things authenticity and identity and mm-hmm. so finding your voice as Good. to who you are and being authentic in the process so the interesting <laughs> thing is it's not it's not like you know jumping in oh, you know, and then doing, doing what you see done, it's finding who you are and, and doing and being you and being you and saying, this is what I can bring to the table. This is what I can bring to the conversation. Um, That is a, uh, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, as musicians, you go, I can play guitar, I can jump in and I can jump in and do that. And, but that comes from like, that comes from that duplication side of like, I want to, I want to just take what I'm hearing and, and play it rather than finding me. And this is the sound. I like what Michael said, the, the, the sound of the church. You you had a great way of saying it. It was like the, the voice of your church or the, um, like taking who you are and being authentic and finding that identity, which is gonna involve a conversation without, not with just you. Like this is gonna be a, like a group conversation with your staff and with your, like, who are we? Like, what are, before we try and say, this is where we're going. It's like, you got to find out who we are and be a part of that. But you guys, is that kind of, is that kind of where I'm, I'm hearing here?
3: Yeah. I, I do want to make a comment though. Just the comment is grace. And I'll, let me unpack this for those who are, you that are listening, because I've been challenged at different times in my career, if maybe I did a song and our goal is to make it sound like the radio and then maybe somebody comes up and then gives me the challenge of, well, you need to not, that was great that you made it sound like that, but you you really need to, you know, find your own voice, do it your way. So I want to comment on that. Sometimes, like for example, I use uh, I use an online software, that many people, churches do nowadays to coordinate volunteers and you can put up sample tracks or you can put up things for them to listen to. And they're... For some, play, some players don't like that because they feel like, hey, don't, don't fence me in. I, I don't want to emulate somebody else. But then I have other volunteers that um, they're going, hey, look, I'll play bass for you, but I haven't played bass since college 20 years ago, and I'm really rusty. And they're really thankful to have an example track to try and emulate. Yep. So I always want to look at, the, at our, our team members because it's, it's not just you as a leader. It's who you're working with. And my goal is to help my team members worship. So the other side is, if if you can give them resources or you can say, listen to this track and listen how um, Bethel played it, or Hillsong played it, or Tommy Walker played it, and that can inspire them and give them a roadmap towards success in a busy life where, you know, um, so many volunteers got, you know, full-time jobs, two jobs, married kids, no time, and you can somehow give them an on-ramp to more success so that they have a part down, and they can worship. Awesome. I think in those contexts, that's actually really good. And we need to have grace for that. Because the idea when someone challenges you to do your own thing, particularly in in a musical arena, that can be easier said than done. There are some people that actually have the creativity to do that. And there are others that maybe they haven't had a season of their life where they can nurture or develop or study to, to get those muscles strong. So I say grace grace because, and it's so funny, this is like welcome to worship leading, one of the hardest ministries, period, because there's always two sides. And you can get, you can get hammered no matter which direction you go. It's like, oh, you're too, you do a great job. You finally think you're going to please your senior pastor or please the church because you finally work sweat, blood, sweat, and tears. So now it sounds like the radio. And then people come up and say, cop out. (laughs) You should have been more more organic. And then you're like, okay, I'm gonna try and be really organic. So we're not even gonna play to click. We're just gonna be free floating. And then people go, man, you sound strange and random. It's like, well, hey, we're creatives trying to create without any roadmap, so buckle up for the ride. So no matter what you do, there are these inherent challenges. So I'll just stop by saying grace, grace everyone on this journey, because it's really hard.
2: Yeah. And I I think jumping off of that, the one word I, I don't want to throw out in when we say we don't need to sound exactly like the radio, it doesn't mean that we're going. But we we still we, we don't throw out the word excellence. Right. You no, know, ex, but excellence being the best you can with what you have, you know, so help, you know, sometimes listening to a recording can help uh, inspire a young player to to get a little better or to play that lick or to get this rhythm like because the next time they'll or to learn that chord that has a, you know a sharp nine in it well what is that and you know but the next time they see it they'll play it you know so that you so that you're going no we want to bring god our best offering and that means just bringing them the best we can the very best, the truly the best we can with what we have. So we learn from others, we get inspired by others, and we practice, we memorize, we learn so that we can keep bringing him a better offering. But it's not always going to be just like the radio yet. Now, maybe down the road, one a quick story, but I was interviewing Gusto Mario one time uh, at a conference at Willow. And uh, he's one of the top sax players in you know in the industry in Southern California, and uh, and then and he we got talking about excellence, and he talked about sitting in his bedroom. He said I sit on the corner of my bed, and here's one of the top professionals in the country. Uh, and he said, and I take out my saxophone, and he said, and I just blow whoo. And he said, I play long tones, and I listen to it. And he said, and then I pray, Lord Jesus, and he's got this thick uh, South American accent, but to hear him say, Lord Jesus, help me make a sweeter sound for your ear here's one of the best guys in the world sitting on his bed for an hour playing long tones saying help me Jesus make it a sweeter sound to your ear you know and that that's just a story for all of us to go yeah I want to bring the best I I I can't play guitar like Tommy Walker I never will but I could bring him my best I can I can learn to play a sweeter sound for his ear and and so, cause you said, um, you said working with what you have, but making it wonderful. Yep. Well, part of the joy is helping our musicians learn and grow and be challenged, but without condemning or beating up or being perfectionist, but encouraging them that we get the better we get, the more freedom we have to bring God a sweet sound for his ear.
0: Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Mary, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, well, I'm thinking, um, you know, before we can innovate, a lot of the process is, you know, we have to imitate a bit first, yep. right? Uh, and yep. so um, I would encourage uh, musicians out there listening to this to, it's, it's okay to imitate, but then worship with it. Like it's, you know, what Joe was sharing is, that's the heart of worship, you know, that uh, was being put into that sound. And so imitate let your heart you know partner with what you're sound and then allow your spirit to allow the innovation to the spirit to lead you as well as you innovate um, with God so I think uh, it's both sides yeah
0: I love I love it what would you guys say to the person who right right now is thinking like all of this sounds great I don't have anybody mm. like I don't I don't I'm I'm at a church plant and I Like I'm lucky that I'm there on Sunday or I'm the only person I don't show up. Nobody's there. You know, like it's one of those kind of situations. Um, I played at a church recently where the lead pastor was actually also leading worship because they didn't have anybody. And he could, he, he, he could do that. Um, Like, what would you say to that scenario? Like, how do I find, what are some ways that you'd say to, to find people? And what how are some ways, like, I know they exist, but the interesting thing about worship ministry is, it takes a unique skill to do what it is that we're asking them to do, as opposed to like, hey, we need someone in children's ministry, and you're like, I can watch kids or I can teach children, I can learn how to do that. It's like, I need someone, I need a guitar player, and you're like, I can't do that next Sunday, but I want to do that next Sunday. Like, what are you? Um, what are some ways you guys have found to kind of like help draw in people? Anybody can take that one.
2: I don't want to talk too much, but again, uh, just while you guys are thinking about it, but I've done, I've been in three different startup uh, situations where planted churches. And so I went from a mega church to, you know, the places where you literally start with nobody. And um, one of the things that, you know, coming back to the excellence thing was, um, I I never wanted to discourage somebody that was learning and growing and and helping people get lessons, helping them develop. But I also, um, when it came to adding people to our team, I just decided it would be me and a piano for however long it took to find somebody that was was gifted to do what they do. And I'm, you know, just going, God's gifted some people to be musicians and others he's not. And um, so, but I, because the, the truth is, is that most musicians, if what you're doing on the stage is is really bad, very few good musicians come up and say, hey, you want help? They just run for the doors. You know? Uh, and, excellence,
0: and, excellence draws excellence, right? Yeah, it does. And so
2: I just learned in startup deals when I had nobody to go, you know, I'm gonna stick with nobody until one, you know, one guitar player comes in or the harm, one harmonica player, who's really good. And you go, I can work with that. Let's build on it. So that what you present as an offering to God, one, it's facilitating worship. It, uh, but it also is creating an environment when, when other musicians who God is gifted with the gift, and they put their time in, that when they hear it, then they come, then they'll go, oh, hey, it looks a base would be really cool with that. You know, let that let's add a base. So just uh, uh, and it's hard to be patient when you have nobody. But I think to be gracious and loving to people that are learning and helping them learn. But um, but also but then but um, but don't don't add people until until they can adequately contribute to what you're doing. Would you guys agree with that? It always feels awkward. feels like judgmental to say that. And I don't want to. Oh, that's true. But I I think you have to say, it'll be work with what you have, but don't add, don't add people until, until at least you can go, nope, I think this is what God's gifted you to do. Come, come develop here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, just to hop onto that, uh, I think there is, um, also a character level you know it's not just about the yeah. musical excellence mm. you know with the the people you want to add into your team to lead people into worship but um the the level of of character that is exemplified in their lifestyle and who they yeah. are also plays a part into leading worship because right worship is a lifestyle yep, right yep. we all <laughs> we all can say that but um at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself here. Okay. Because I, I agree what I stand behind it 100%, uh, uh, how important character is so important. Um, cause we are facilitating people connecting with God's presence in worship. Um, but I've had experiences here in Norway. I mean, we have so many small little teeny churches here and, um, clusters of, um, areas where there is no worship team at all. And, and I've worked with creating you know youth bands and worship teams out of nothing and um one some amazing testimonies have come out of like grabbing youth that play an instrument and getting them start teaching them worship music and they end up giving their life to jesus because they're you know they're in this band and they're not necessarily leading people yet in worship but they're they're practicing they're playing the music they're getting to know jesus through the through playing in the music and, and God does a work on their hearts. And so um, I, you know, I think about the whole grace thing too, because I know some churches have different restrictions for who's on the worship team, who's in leadership. And I 100% agree with, uh, with a lot of that, but at the same time having grace uh, with where people are in the journey. Uh, because no one's perfect right (laughs) we're all on this journey and um uh so finding who 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 do we have in front of us who who's there even if someone doesn't know the lord yet (laughs) if god is leading you to bring them alongside of you and, and practice with them, teach them, um, disciple them. And um, that could be a strong asset to what God wants to do in your church and community.
0: And you're going to have long-term investment, especially when they're a, te- a teenager, you're going to have them until at least in, in for several years, but also that you're, you're up and pour into the future. That's, Absolutely. that's huge. That's huge. Michael, yeah. what do you, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, as we talk about grace and ramping up teams, one thing that is difficult, probably for most, and is, and is a dynamic that can happen between the, the worship leader and the teaching pastor, lead pastor, senior pastor, uh, whatever the name is in your particular situation, denomination, or, or movement. I think that's why at so many worship conferences, there's always a class or two on the worship leader, senior pastor relationship. Because a lot of times, even of those who are listening today, you could say, that's great, guys, but you don't know what I'm being asked to do. And you touched on this earlier, Joe. And I think all of us have gone through that at one point or another where you're asked to do something by somebody that maybe does not know what it takes to pull it off. And you do. And you're thinking, there's no way. I cannot give you what you're asking for. So I'll stop on that track for a moment just because that probably could become an entire own conversation of itself is just ministering to one another going how do we deal with all the unique dynamics between the lead pastor and the worship leader but so to put that aside for a moment one thing that i found is helpful is to get with whoever you're accountable to whoever your leadership is because i'm very big on respecting leadership Mm -hmm. and 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 asking them okay what is the spiritual win what is the spiritual target that we are trying to hit as a ministry team in our services each weekend or during the week, because there are a lot of musical things that we can't control, but um, to know that our target and our goal is of a spiritual nature Mm. is really, really important. And those of you listening might think, well, of course, that's the target. Well, I mean, all of us that are on this podcast uh, right now, I mean, Unfortunately, we've all run into different churches in different places and different movements where it's just it's just not always the case. So I think to start with a good foundation where you you gather with those you minister with and say, hey, we do want to hit certain musical goals. That is awesome. Tell me, though, what the spiritual win is, because especially like, as you said, Jason, many people, they don't have anyone. So you can't change that. No one's there. What you can do is work on you you can make sure that you are committed to yourself more deeply to the Lord than you ever have been. You're pressing in um, into God, spending time in his presence, worshiping on your own, becoming someone who's just truly not just a song leader, but a facilitator of an encounter with the Holy one for your people. Like that is so key. That is something you can work on. Meanwhile, as what Joe said, it's a fact. Um, Excellence draws excellence. So if you find like first sight, so excellence of the heart, I'm just a big fan of that. Hone your heart, hone your heart daily. So when people come in, even if some of your musical abilities are deficient and they're in process, you can tell when you walk into a room and someone who's leading, you can tell when they spend time with Jesus, you can just sense it. And if, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So I, I'm always wondering, do I feel safe under this person's leadership? Can I even close my eyes and spend time meditating? Am I under sincere, authentic spiritual leadership? So that part, honing your heart is big. And then honing your craft, because some people might approach you and they might overlook maybe some of the musical deficiencies because they're so connected to your shepherd's heart. And they go, this guy or this this gal is the real thing. I want to come alongside them. And another thing, as Joe said, that draws is if someone comes in and they see Wow, you're really trying to do your best. You're trying to give excellence. Yeah, you have no help. I want to help you. And I think mm-hmm. that's fair to pray for that. It's like, Lord, give me kindred spirits, spirits and, and heart that they're seekers of the savior and 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 musically that will see what's going on. I like you, Joe. I was a part of, of a church plant, and it was interesting to watch as people came slowly over time. And man, we all had all kinds of interesting. Uh, configurations, but it's really important. I'll just end with this really important to build it right. Because as you said, some dynamics, you, it would be better to have less people that are unified in heart and in skill than have mm-hmm. more people and have it be off off kilter. Um, hero of all of ours, Paul Bloss said one time, he said, it's a lot harder to uninvite someone from the worship team mm-hmm. than, than <laughs> to invite them. So take, <laughs> take your time and make sure that the people that you're inviting in are most likely going to stick because it's painful when you have to uninvite someone <laughs> from the worship team. Yeah,
2: yes. and, and and what your congregation is is experiencing coming from you know both musical excellence, but uh, the relationships they can tell, you know, when when the people on stage are catching eyes with each other and. And there's a unity and a, and a love for one another and a shared love for Christ. And that that is so, so powerful. And it is so hurtful when it, when that's not true. And I wanna throw, I wanna jump back a little bit just for a second to something Mary said when we are talking about um, adding people to our teams that, um, that we may become a great place for them to To come to christ to be uh you know to be discipled those kind of things for me the one place i would would i felt always felt great freedom to do that with instrumentalists and actually have a number of friends who are who are christians and walking with god today because they came in and started playing sax or started playing bass with our with with our man what i wouldn't do at least for me, I always drew a line of saying, but I won't do that with vocalists because I'm not gonna ask somebody to stand up and say every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, have your way in me and sing something like that that's not true for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just didn't ever wanna put somebody in a spot where I'm asking them to sing a lie or that anybody in the audience or in the congregation is going, that's not true because I think you have to protect the integrity of your stage and what you're doing. And so I always went, you know what, if it's if it's a singer, now I might have that singer sing a Billy Joel song or something, you know, where it where it fits, you know, you know, leading into a message or something, and use their gifts and affirm them and cheer them on and make them part of the team that way. But I won't I, I just never wanted to ask singers to sing something that wasn't true in their heart
0: that's so good love it so i uh over on on uh, the facebook the facebook chat uh katie from des moines iowa which i always flick a radio <laughs> dj host when i say these things katie from des moines iowa tuning in uh she has a she has a question i don't know why i went on the dj path but it just felt like it felt like it was important um she has a question and she says any advice for working around not being able to have band practice during the week with a novice band it's really hard to get past not falling apart during the song in Sunday morning practice. In this, in the Sunday morning practice, I also feel like it's fostering a culture of not being content, of being sorry, of being content with just getting through the Sunday without falling apart. Uh, I'm not striving. For, I'm not striving for excellence, but I'm also, but also, was just hoping we can cut down distractions to release confidence and freedom to worship. It's like, what do you guys like? Let's, let's let's kind of talk through that a little bit. What are what are some ways? We can help Katie in Des Moines, Iowa. On um, on that.
1: Well, first of all, I want to say hi, Katie. I'm actually originally from Iowa, Ooh. so hey, that's hey. kind of fun to meet a fellow Iowan. Um, Katie. But,
0: um, Katie. from Iowa. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, she's like, I'm never gonna ask questions again. Katie. Michael's <laughs> singing about me. <laughs>
1: Katie,
0: Katie. Yeah, well, go ahead. And what are your thoughts, Mary?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it kind of, that is actually a good scenario where it's a very good, um, when I mean, we have so many resources, weekly, you know, resources that we can, um, use for our teams to send out where it's a good opportunity to use the imitation, you know, where we need to imitate a bit and, and, and maybe have some type of requirement in your team. Like, Hey, if we're going to, we want to give our best, like you need to practice during the week when you, if you can find your time to Go through this music so when we do come together on sunday morning we're in rehearse before we know our parts and we can easily come together as a band so
0: i love it i also think uh part of that too is coming from over uh, pre- uh prior preparation so overly give, uh, giving them resources and uh, making sure that they are adequately prepared when they show up on sunday mm. like michael was talking about the online software whatever software you choose or charts or the giving, you know, dropping stuff off at their house or however you can give them help help prepare them. Um, Joe, what do you what are you thinking about this?
2: Um, First thing jumps to mind to me is, is we is start planning your Yeah, we we always I've always tried to plan our services like a month ahead of time. You know, which is the challenge is working with your pastor, coming back to Michael's stuff. But
0: <laughs> Michael, I am but, not worthy. <laughs> but
2: but if, you, if you can't get the, you know, if you can't get a topic from your pastor, then just build a worship time It's going to take them to the feet of Jesus and your pastor will get up and teach them whatever he wants. But, um, but I think that planning far enough ahead of time and in, whether it's emails or planning center or whatever, but you getting charts and recordings out to people. So that um, that if you honestly can't rehearse in midweek, that but that the expectation is you, you have your charts, you have the songs, learn them, practice with them, and so they, and then, you know, if you have to come in at 6:30 on a Sunday morning, so that you have two hours to to run stuff and work through stuff and woodshed it. But you know,, um, Yeah, again, I was just on this weekend with with Tommy Walker and what they were doing musically was just so, but the people in the room were, but what was happening to people's hearts and the tears and the cheers. And it was just such a powerful picture of this, is what worship can be. This is what it can do. And at some point as worship leaders, we have to to fight for going, this matters. This is important. This Mm -hmm. isn't programming to get, you know, to kill time so they can take the offering before the message. This, This is an offering to God. And whether whether we rehearse midweek or really early on a Sunday morning, or we plan early enough that people can get charts to in two weeks ahead of time. But it, it's, it's a really tough question. But I think it's one you have to answer because you can't settle for going. Uh, we're just going to, you know, wing it and flop through it because mm-hmm. what we're doing is just too important.
1: Yeah, I can oh. add to that too. That's yeah. all right. Um, I think as a worship leader, um, Katie, if you're a worship leader, those, those of you are listening in the same situation, um, you know, I, I like to uh, worship with the set myself and mm. imagine the band with me um, and then even plan out as a worship leader. Oh, here's a good spot to take a little lingering time and maybe I will give an exhortation here, read a scripture or maybe even sing a little bit of a prayer. Um, and that's something you as a worship leader can prepare and not necessarily, you know, have to lean on the band and make sure they're prepared for it. But you could communicate to the band ahead of time too. hey, here's a spot we're going to give some space. So prepare for that. You know, I mean, yep. there's always some in the moment spontaneity. Maybe some of you have that, that comes or not, you know, but yep. um, but that's something you can prepare for as well.
0: That's good. I love it. I've also in instances like this uh, sent out. Like song, like this, like like t- like like literally go walk the arrangement in an email and say introduction, like so that when you get there, I've given you like this is the rundown of what I'm planning on doing. Granted, there's room for moving in air, but like this is this is the base of where we're gonna start. To say here, you know, intro here, this person's playing this part. That way, that way they know going into it, and then you don't waste time on Sunday morning uh, walking through those things. They can look at them ahead of time and. Um, later this year, our topic is gonna be on setting expectations for your team. and we're gonna spend the entire uh, coffee chat actually talking about uh, what it means to set the expectations, to say these are this, these are where these are this is what I expect of you and what does that look like? So um, that's coming later this year uh, as well. So we'll talk about that too. Um, but I um, uh, Michael, what? Um, I wanted to ask you a question, and we've talked a lot to the, uh, maybe the, the the worship leader who doesn't have a lot of volunteers, uh, but you are in a situation where you oversee multiple campuses, and um, I want you to talk talk to that person for a little, for a minute, someone who's in that, in, 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 in your seat, and you're not, you're not doing the same thing on every site every Sunday. It's not like every every it's like every every site has a full band and it looks the exact same so somebody who talk to somebody who is listening who is uh maybe a multi-site in charge of a multi-site campus and um or in you know involved in you know the youth ministry band and the, so there's different th- things going on on sunday how do you kind of lead that scenario or do you is it is it like open to the teams that are there or are you planning are you planning each like what each scenario looks like because i mean it's you're playing there's there's a lot there's a lot going on there so cut, can you can I speak into that
3: yeah i don't know 100 i understand the question but i'm gonna wing it and i love you jason squires so here we go <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah there's a lot of different models with multi-site churches and worship leadership i I did a conference for a network of churches in Utah a few years ago, and it was interesting because they brought me in to help them with set preparation because I think they had eight campuses, and until that time, they had one, they had bands at every campus, but they had one central worship leader that chose the set, and everyone, all eight campuses had the same set. So they then got to a moment when I don't know why, but they decided to change their model and they decided to go away from that. And they realized we have all these great teams and worship leaders per se, but none of them ever have picked a set of their own. So that was, it was fascinating to walk with them and an honor to walk with them through that, that kind of concept for us. The biggest thing to me, it comes down to something that Joe said earlier, or one of the biggest things to me when he talked about relationship, the principle of relationship and caring about people may, applies if you lead by yourself. And if nothing else, you're going to show appreciation and build a relationship with your sound tech and with the people in your church like that. That's relationship that that enables greater worship facilitation because if people know you and they know your heart and they trust you and you're safe i believe 150% that greater things are going to happen in your worship service cuz it's just a better environment. But then that 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 applies as you onboard members to your worship team even if it was just one location. But then that also applies with multi-site. So for me I try and carry that out. I have what I you know, I carry that out to all the campuses. I meet with my I call them anchor leaders. They're they're those who are the the Ones with anchor responsibility at each location, and it means that they're going to leave at least twice a month or more. So we meet every other week, and my desire is to maintain relationship and with them, care about them, appreciate them, and invest in them. And in those settings, we're not as much talking about um, musical items as much as uh, we're trying to hone the heart. Because for me, I want I know that depending on our age, depending on our musical preference, different people are going to have different songs that represent the heart of worship for them and that's that, that sacred place, that sacred space. But what I want is I want this thread of continuity weaving through everyone who leads worship at a River Valley campus that is a heart of worship. Um, again, different people are going to express themselves. Someone might lead on guitar. Someone might lead on the keyboards. Someone might love guitar solos. Someone might... Love harmonica. I don't care. That's not as much my, my concern as much as I want to know the hearts behind awesome. um, those sets that are being put together, the hearts behind each of those services. If I know that w- these are people, uh, these are leaders and that are leading their teams to a deeper place with the Lord and heart of worship. Um, then I feel comfortable giving them freedom to pick their own sets. And I mean, we do have certain, um, there's a canvas, there's freedom to paint on the canvas, but there's a canvas with the frame and we generally have some guidelines for If you're gonna be a River Valley campus, what that's gonna look like. But I also, I as long as I know there's continuity of the heart and there's ongoing relationship and investment that's happening, I've taken a lot of peace at how that at times can be expressed sometimes differently.
0: That's amazing. For not understanding the question, you nailed it. So that was good. I really appreciate that, no. Um, Hey, do you guys, uh, as we kind of wrap up today, do you guys have some closing thoughts? Anybody have anything that they wanted to, that I I missed? Anyone? No? Okay, good. Oh, you have something. Go ahead.
1: I was just thinking, yeah, Yeah. I just, I I just was thinking, um, utilize, like when we're talking about making who you have and what you have amazing in this um, uh, coffee chat, I mean, Be creative. I mean, if you don't have so many people around you, um, gosh, I mean, yeah, whatever you have, like, I have a drummer that I've played with who's super creative. And she, she's a woman, female drummer, amazing. And she loves to take like, things in the room, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. plants, or like, and start like using them for percussion. And just You know, Like, I think we need to get outside of our box of what worship should look like and um, be creative with what you have. Think of, okay, God, what is, you know, what are the two, the loaves and fish, you know, that you've given me right now for Sunday morning. And what can I do to, what do you, how can you multiply it to manifest your presence with it? And um, so I just want to encourage, yeah, those listening to be creative with what you have help, help look to see what you have more than what you think you have
0: what you think yeah
2: use variety to your advantage um a lot of times when we have small teams we go i can't get a full band every week and you go well that's fine then do something with two acoustic guitars do something with just the keyboard then come back to your full band when you can get everybody there um but variety leads to fresh experiences of worship it gets people off of autopilot they walk in and there's three acoustic guitars across the front of the stage and right away instead of the full band they go oh, something's different yep. and but they engage differently and the phrase that I always struck with me has is fresh express, fresh expressions of worship lead to fresh experiences of God that's and so play use that to your advantage when you can't get everybody there and you know when you got a drummer that wants to play a plant let them. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> One of the, uh, and what, what that ends up doing too, Joe, to to uh, add to your point there is you, you remove the, um, you remove the stress of having to have the same thing every yeah. week. And you, so, use, and you
2: can say, this is a plus. Yep. It's
0: yeah. a where you go. I don't have it, but I don't, now I can have it. And it's, it's more of a thing when I, when it's here, rather than mm-hmm. dying, because you don't have it. yeah. Right. So I always like to bring food conversations into these podcasts. I know Michael's shaking your head. Don't shake your head. Don't shake your head. <laughs> so I, my question this week is this month is date night. So if you are going on a date night, um, what are you, where are you taking your, your spouse? Where, where are you guys going? Are you staying home? Are you going out? Do you have a restaurant of choice? Kind of what is your, like, what is your thing? Like, what is your. I will go with, with while you guys are thinking. I I obviously had, I could prep this question, so I prepped my answer. Um, my wife and I every Wednesday night, our kids go to a church program here in town, and so we have ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. That's from drop off to pick up. So we are like we we are gonna do this, and we go we go dessert hunting on different restaurants and uh, different places we can find, uh, and we always try and find like what, because when you go to a restaurant, a lot of times you're like the dessert menu comes and you go, I'm so full. I didn't really plan for dessert. So we go to have dessert and open up their dessert menu and uh, find what, what town or what, what restaurant has a a fun dessert. Well, Mary, what about you?
1: So smart. Love it. Dessert Uh, first. (laughs) It's fun.
0: I mean, why not? I mean, it's a thing.
1: Yeah. Well, here in Norway, we don't have so much a like eating out culture. Like a lot of it is, you know, when we meet with people, you invite people to your home or you make meals at home. So it's a very special occasion to go out for a meal at a restaurant. Um, But uh, I would say I love Italian. I love Italian food. So, you know, my husband, though, loves American food. So it's either Italian or American. We have one American uh, restaurant, TGI Friday's. There you go. Like his, favorites so uh he uh that's either one or the two
0: (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing what about you michael
3: my wife and i like to do stuff outdoors we love to go for hikes so our my goal is for several times a week uh minimum once but hopefully at least two to three times we like to to walk we live in a mountainous area and so we like to get outside and and spend at least an hour or more. So it's like we're exercising and we enjoy that, but it, it lets us talk. And it's so important with kids and, and craziness all around us. We're looking for an environment. I mean, we, we do like to go out to dinner, um, but we really value time talking and and moving and being out God's creation. It's really
2: special for us. That's awesome.
0: There you go. And what what, what about you, Joe?
2: Well, these days our, our two daughters one of them has a baby that was born on December fifteenth a year ago, and one has a, a new baby that was born on December fourteenth this year. Wow! So we, have, we have two little grandkids now, so our, our our free nights tend to be as driving to Grand Rapids and and we'll go hang with the kids and see you know see what the latest with them is. But but we love that we love that time with them, and we love that we have family that wants to be close so it's you know our date nights these days are investing in in those relationships most of the time
0: i love it i love it awesome everybody hey guys thanks so much for today this is good like i love this and i hope you guys um that are that are watching on on uh online or listening to the podcast uh, thanks so much for today you guys thank you guys for tuning in um and one thing i wanted to leave everybody with is a reminder that we are, we do coaching, um, one-on-one mentorship. And you guys can find all the information at worshipleader.com. Uh, and the, the, the people that we, that we have on these coffee chats can actually be your coach and be your mentor uh, in a one-on-one scenario. And so find us on, at worshipleader.com. All of the information is there. And then, uh, and if you can email me, uh, directly the, the email is the informations there it's jason at wlmag.com um, jason at wlmag.com and uh, would love to answer any questions you guys have about that but we just want you guys to know that we are a resource and we are here this time is set aside monthly to have these conversations as well as our podcast uh, to to dive in and just kind of give you guys an opportunity to ask questions and um, know that we this community' is here so Again, thanks so much, and we will see you guys next next time. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for tuning into this month's Coffee Chat. Uh, my hope is that as we end this month, you have uh, learned something as we apply, taking what you have and making it awesome. Um, that is our goal as we continue on the conversations um, in and around topics each month. Uh, make sure you follow us at Worship Leader or at Worship Leader Podcast on Instagram, and you can also follow me, at Jason underscore Squires. We will see you guys next week as we have a new topic and a new month.